Good morning. This is Gaming Perspectives with Saul and Jolene. And today we're talking to our friend Mike about. <laughs> we're going to call this Not Coddling Your Players. This is a question I want to ask Mike. Have modern games made it easy for players? Or should I say, too easy for players? Have games like D&D gone from being afraid of a kobold or a giant rat to not worrying about forging into a horde of anything. For help for answering this, we turn to our friend, Mike. So that's why he's on the call. Hey, thanks for having me on your show, finally, guys. On episode number 79 or something like that. (laughs) Hello. How are you? I'm good, thank you very much. It's beautiful up here. Um... We're having a good time, and it's great. To, I love your show. It's uh, been it's it's been really wonderful to listen to you guys and see all the topics of conversation. And I'm really happy to be here, and I have opinions. So <laughs> he has lots of opinions. <laughs> yeah, right. So okay, so why do you say there's coddling of players? What does that mean to you? Uh, basically, coddling came out of the conversation we had the other night, and some experience recently playing D and D, where I. I think that the the risk of loss in uh you know and it's probably style of play a little bit but the risk of loss in modern the modern games the modern way of playing because the game still can have it has gone away so for instance in D you have the best of five roles to see whether you die or not is is how i understand and this kind of came out in a, in our recent wednesday night game where my hobbit was literally uh swallowed by a garbage mound and was being digested, <laughs> and I was kind what of is... starting to consider, and I like my Hobbit a lot, I mean, he's very cool, but I was starting to consider what the next character should look like, and um, <laughs> I was uh, unceremoniously expelled, if you will, um, and was at you know below zero hit points, and so I had to start making the uh, lifesave rolls, and you get five rolls, and I was below zero, well below zero by this point, and it was, I it kind of took a little bit of the excitement out of it. And so I guess that is, it, it, it relates to player agency a little bit in that, you know, I have the choice of what to do with my player. I should bear the consequences. Those two are tightly controlled together. And I think that it, it, it's a style of play, but I think that it needs to be a little bit more sudden. It's like when you're a kid and did you take your piece, did you take your finger off the checker or not? <laughs> it's like once you move the piece you move the piece i was in the odiag all right well that's it it's a game death is built into it and the losing is part of what makes the winning sweeter right the challenge is overcoming the challenge otherwise it's kind of a okay that was nice and it doesn't mean that much so do you think that players would be upset if their character died oh sure you should be i think i mean it's kind of a case of when you read a book or you watch a movie and you care. You care when Boromir dies, right? Right. Oh, and yeah. I think I think characters would be upset, but in in a lot of cases, um, it's how you die that matters. Right. <laughs> right. I think you are really right about that. I think though, I think players now invest so much into their characters that death is like you know really traumatic traumatic, right yeah and so the new rules and new games want to make it a little bit tougher for character death and and maybe there's a 
there's a time for a character to die, right? Like to save the whole party or something along those lines. Or they do something silly or stupid, right? <laughs> okay. But you didn't the problem was you didn't think your hobbit had had to fear death because of all these chances to live. Yeah, it, it kind of took it away and I hear what you're saying about like people caring about the characters, but I'll tell you what, going back uh 40 years ago, I remember <laughs> my younger brother's character Cruel Clyde dying and he was on the edge of tears. <laughs> Cruel Clyde. I remember that. <laughs> right? We've been through that with the kids. Salax, well, he killed Ian on purpose once right? to teach him a lesson. And then he had another character bring bring him back to life. Right, right. But, but Ian okay. cried. Well, yeah. Because it, yeah. it, he was young. Sure. And there's a part of this that's age appropriate, right? And so there's a part of when I played checkers against the girls when they were eight and nine years old you know they you stopped thought, them on them they thought you? They, well you know you know a few you know hey i'm a king <laughs> <laughs> everybody worship me no i mean it's like we played recently and they're like did you get better because <laughs> we don't remember <laughs> this game going this way before right and so there's appropriateness I, we play you play games with people at the appropriate age level but i think at a certain point i mean Forgive me if it's kind of harsh, but it's time to come out of the basement and play in the real world <laughs> because it's losing as part of the game. And yeah. and so, like, I like the story you talk about. Um, was it uh, which of the boys had the min-max character? Uh, All of them. All of them. All All right. and so, but you, you were casting the whole person on somebody or control Alan. person, Alan, right? Yeah. And so looking yeah. at that from within the framework of the game, right? As people, I am not a min-max person by any stretch of the imagination, right? And so if he wants that character, then that's great. And he needs to acknowledge, he should acknowledge. And granted, if he's a kid, maybe this is the time to learn it, which is the hard thing about role-playing games. But they give us the chance to learn about things. And it's like, all right. If you're real strong over here, but you're real weak over here, you better do something about that real weak over here part. Right. And so, well, I, I think that's what I was doing. I was, I was teaching them a lesson, and uh, you know, I might have came across a little bit too harsh. But what happened was there was no consequences. Yeah. At least he didn't think there was consequences to his uh, using. Uh, that mini max character where the wisdom was so low that it was a, a negative impact uh, for his character. So when I was throwing a whole person, I was sh showing him there was a consequence for the character build, even though he may not have understood it at the time. But also Mike and us have talked about the fact that if you do to use a dump stat to get your other steps higher, then you should be able to play. Yes. Play that, right? right? But he was a little kid. I know. Yes. And that and that's where we come back to the difference, right? Where it's, that is an opportunity to have a conversation and say, okay, this is the way it works. And so a lot of the things that I feel about coddling of players, obviously, has to deal with the uh, the type of game that people want to play, I think, but also the maturity level. And I think as, at a certain point, and I would say in general, about teenagers, like 15, 14, 16 years old, I think that it's time to, it's like, all right, uh, you know, going back to the story you guys told, it's, it's time to own your decisions. And so going back to the, the choices you made where uh, 
my druid maybe got a little bit too enamored of worldly goods and attempted to uh, <laughs> leap across the flaming pit. And um, I think your brother did a great job. Uh, he gave me a chance. You know, I had two rolls to make it through yeah, the flames. Really and at the end of the day, I'm dead. And that was a very... That's so funny. <laughs> it is. I mean, but again, it's the memory that I'm holding on to, you know, and I probably have nightmares about sometimes. Uh... <laughs> so I don't... I don't remember. Were you really upset about that? Um, was I really upset? I was not. I owned it. I think. I think I was pretty good about that. I was like, oh. "There's that crushing realization of the thing that I did, and that you know, and, and maybe that's where I learned it and took it on forward into life." But I don't yeah. think so. Um, but it's like, okay, I did that thing. You know, there's no, you know, and I probably blame Tom for years saying, "If you would have just, if you would have just." But at the end of the day, I jumped. <laughs> Well, I didn't jump the pit. That's the problem. <laughs> you tried. Uh, I tried to jump the pit, right? No matter what he was doing, I tried to do the thing. And so, like, looking at modern games, it's it's like, you're to go back to the original question, there's a little bit of role-playing, I think, that what it does, what it gives us the opportunity for is to deal with non-optimal situations, and I think in those things, in those situations in real life too, are often where the most amazing experiences come out of, like things that we weren't expecting. Um, you know, and my other true love is musicals, right? And so in Mamma Mia 2, <laughs> the girl <laughs> talks about uh, it's, you know, it's the unexpected where the really, really, really cool stuff happens. And so like looking at generating a character, and this is going to be kind of ironic and maybe a little bit hypocritical because I do really like the GURPS point by system. Right. And that you design your character, right? And everybody starts out with the same number of points. And so theoretically, all the characters are on par. Equal, equal right? Yeah. Within D&D, I really like the, <laughs> this is real funny because I've been thinking <laughs> about you a lot, Jolene. Um, I like the roll your stats and build the best character you can out of what you roll. I like the 4D6 minus, you know, and re-roll the ones method so that at least you get a decent character out of it and leave the numbers where they are and come up with a character and play that character for a while. But you also mm -hmm. said do away with the limits, like character limits, like uh, characteristics, like in the old days, you had to have a certain yes. level of uh, charisma to be a paladin. Yes. So you could have an ugly paladin, according to you. Yes, I agree with that, <laughs> and I do. I don't. I, I always thought that was dumb. I mean, really, <laughs> it's like I'm sorry. Why do I have to have a 17 charisma to be a paladin? I mean, but I. And that's one of the things that I like. Let people play who they want to play, and maybe you're not the most ideal stats for that class. But if you want to be that paladin and your best stat is whatever, okay, let's see how you play that. I mean, that that's right. a role-playing opportunity, right? And that's where I guess I look at the other side of coddling is like in the difficulties are the opportunities to say, all right, I'm this, I'm going to play this. I would have never chosen to play this, but I wrote a three, I rolled a three charisma. So now I wear a, uh, <laughs> A cloak everywhere I go. And this is, okay, we'll see how long this character lasts. And maybe that character doesn't last too long. But maybe I love it. So well, we talked about this, obviously, right. about rolling characters up. And Mike says you should roll it and leave the stats 
as you go down. And I said, well, but I like to play a sorceress and I don't want to have a crappy stat in my <laughs> charisma that I need to be able to cast my spells. So I say you go ahead and roll up the numbers, but you get to put them where you want. But that kind of goes against the not coddling thing. I, yeah, what, happen, I, what happens if you uh, roll really lousy? Like nothing's really good. So, you know, you're still not going to be a, a good sorceress. You're, let's say you don't get a score over 13. Well, then uh, I would cry and someone would help me. <laughs> I think that it's a um, an opportunity, again, to play that character for a little while. And maybe it becomes a case of, you know what? If you don't reach a certain threshold, roll a new character. That's fine, right? Yeah. But at least you've created that character and given it a try to see what would happen. And, um, and we all want to be heroes. And so I think that it's kind of a case of, like with that, I think you should roll them and leave them where they are. Every game is just one game, right? It's one of the things that we've been talking to our kids about is that as you play backgammon, um, like the other day, McKenna, we're playing backgammon and she roll three threes and twos in a row right which in backgammon means that like in in the way the board was set up she was unable to move for four turns right and on the one hand i could have said and she said can i re-roll it's like well no, that's what you roll that's where it goes <laughs> and uh she played that through to the end and that was that was her opportunity to learn for that so like in playing in rolling a character if you really truly don't come up with anything good out of that character I, I'm fine with rolling a new character, yeah. but I mean, theoretically, like the infinite number of monkeys, you could roll forever until you got 18s, right? Right. Especially now in the day of computer age, it's like, okay, do it again, do it again, do it again. Oh, there's the rolls I wanted. <laughs> um, yeah. Well, we actually practiced this theory, Mike's theory, a couple of weeks, weekends ago, where we rolled up all the dice. On, on the digital uh, roller. Yeah. And it was really interesting because there were all these different ways that you could do it. And I think the best one was rolling the 12 dice six times or something like that. No, I think it was uh, roll each stat 12 times and you take the best one. But you got to leave them in that order. Yeah, it was interesting to so see the you, way they came out. So what do you guys think i mean and i guess we, that's one of the questions it's like so julian wants to play sorceresses always play sorceresses what would happen if you rolled up something else and then i would play something else well so like let's, let's say you, let's say you've got your sorceress now right wow you got your sorceress and you're having a great time and then knowing that because mike's a jerky dm he's going to make you put those stats in the order that they come in, right? And so when your sorceress dies, it's not like you get to roll a new character and there's a space in the party line for you as you show up and you role play and say, hello, I am, <laughs> to quote Gamer, I am Magellan. You look like a trustworthy person. Come. Do you want to go on the adventure yeah. with us and you step right in the line? And so... No, then you have to figure out how to get the person in. Right. And so like with the coddling, you know, to go away from that, because I think that that's the part where it's just, and and, and that's where I, I'll be honest, I do get a little bit uh, conflicted because going back to the point of view that it's a shared creation of a game, 
right? We're telling a shared story. And so, and I'm also a huge believer in player agency and narrative control and all of those things too. But that's where I think that everybody is investing in the game. And so, but if you want to play our sorceress, who am I as a DM? Is it coddling to say, no, I'm sorry. You got to play what you're all sorry. So what, well, Felipe said when we were having that conversation that it's always up to the GM to decide, you know, if that person's not going to be happy with this, maybe you should allow them to change something. Well, I, I, I think people who want to play this way with, you know, uh, let the dice fall where they may or whatever euphemism you want to use, you get to m- not make people, but possibly make people play something that they normally wouldn't play and therefore you know give them an opportunity to expand their horizons like you you, you've been playing sorcerers for a while uh since pathfinder you know you're really good at it you know how to use spells you know what spells you like you know what what works and what kind of doesn't work what happens if you get stuck with a character that isn't a sorceress and then you have to learn a new set of skills as far as just play the game but also on how to play that character i had to do that for shadow run in oh yeah in jim's game because there were already a couple magic users so i played a what am i a fighter yeah and it was interesting because I totally relied on Augustine to help me with the stats and how you're supposed to play it. Well, not the how to play it part, but how you can Calculate use the, the different weapons and stuff. Because I've never done that. So it was interesting. Yeah. Being able to shoot people instead of having to stand back and wait for an opportunity to use a spell. Right. So as a GM, would you two... You're running the game. Let's go to D and D because that's the easiest. That, that that gives us because it has both point by nowadays and it has the random stat roll. Would you feel okay, like making that roll? Like Felipe says, is it forty six in the order you roll them? If you roll any run ones, re-roll them. Right. How do you feel about that? I I have no problem with how you know whichever way you want to you know make a character. That doesn't really matter to me. I think. It matters more to certain players. I forgot what I was talking about. <laughs> no, so I I was talking about uh, it doesn't matter how you want to roll or and all that stuff. I think what you want is maybe you know push the boundaries of what players are comfortable with playing characters that they're normally don't play and. Possibly give them a different experience in in the game. So that's an interesting idea, but you should take into consideration who you're playing with. Because if you're playing with a bunch of murder hobos, they're not going to want to expand. But if you're playing with <laughs> game gamers who've been playing for 40 years and they're ready to go in a different direction or try something new then that's a great idea. I don't know if it's a rude way to put it, but like in, I, I am at heart a murder hobo. I just want to go into the dungeon and kill some you know, orcs and take their stuff with the idea that you do I, do, play I that like that game. I, I mean, like the resource yeah. management game. I think that all of that <laughs> is part of the game. And, and as far as like, I think that 
Min-maxing is enabled because of coddling the players, for want of a better term, right? If you get to build your guy exactly how you want it, that would that would not be an option if you had to roll randomly, right? Say, okay, here's what you got. Sorry, you got the guy. You don't have somebody looking over at somebody else's sheet and going, really, I've been sitting here with you next for you next 45 minutes, Mike, and intelligence should be your dump stat. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <Right>? <laughs> and so then it's a case of... All right, here's your character. We're all at session zero. We roll our characters, and it's there's the entertainment value of seeing how everybody rolls, right? Because there's a little bit of competitiveness that goes on there. And it's like, oh, my God, I love Jolene's oh, yeah. character rolls so much better. This is so unfair. And that becomes... <laughs> yes, I remember those Right? Days. It becomes part of the story for that game. But I get the part where it's telling the shared story. And it's like, if Jolene wants to be a sorceress, and that's what's going to make her... It make it fun for her. Maybe, maybe shifting the the rules around is okay, right? And I could be convinced of that for somehow. I don't know. Yeah, I I think that's a good point. If the player's not going to be happy doing it, then it might make it less fun of a game for everybody. Right. But also, I won't. I don't mind now expanding what I play. Although I love playing the sorceress in D anD D and Shadowrun and Shadowrun. Because I do feel comfortable standing back and maybe it's because I play with the boys. They like to go forward, except for Ian. He likes to stay back. But they like to go forward and engage. And I like to stand back and save them if I need to. Which I don't usually in Shadowrun because they're too powerful. But every once in a while I get to do things like throw a fireball Mm -hmm. and accidentally burn down a market so you get to do the thing that you love to do in the game right so are you basically playing then the same persona every game for when i play with the boys a lot of times i am because i'm the one that if they if they're getting too rambunctious and trying to kill everything i try to pull them back but if they're trying to decide if they really want to do something or go save that person or should they go after the money then i'll just walk straight forward and know that they're gonna follow me to keep me from so dying. they know that you're princess whatever in every game yeah <laughs> <laughs> well with the boys and and now i'm trying to change that right? a little bit now that i've played in jim's game playing the fighter and after all these discussions with you guys i can see the the need to expand my horizons. What's the name of the Celtic, the the Irish queen or whatever that was really vicious and like she was just like, yeah, don't you ever want to just like show up to the game and they're expecting Princess uh, Guinevere and suddenly Morgan comes out. (laughs) It's like, what? She's a warrior goddess, so that'll be, yeah. All right, so we know that you don't want to coddle the players and we know why you think that. So, how do we how do we stop coddling players? All right, I have theories. <laughs> okay, I, I I think you let the dice fall where they may. I yeah, and that really it's so, a game of chance. Are you talking about like just their stats, or are you talking about rolling attack dice out, out in the open instead of behind behind the screen? Yes. Yeah, I think with. Uh, roll the attack dice out in the open. I think that, okay, so like part of pit player agency is that you make decisions for your own characters and those decisions have consequences. 
and you have enough information to make those decisions. And this is all from a website that I went to recently and I was reading it. So this is not my own thing, but it's out there. If you look at player agency, it's an excellent article, very long, um, but I really liked it. And so I think that it's enrolling, all attack roles are made out in the open um, with the exception of courses like, um, well, maybe not even with the exception of like where your creature monster, your adversary has bonuses the characters don't know about, right? So, hey, you rolled a seven, he hits you. What? <laughs> right? And so, right? So that tells you a lot right there. But in a way, that also heightens my experience of that fight where I can say, you know, if I role play, it's like, he should have never hit me and yet it still struck. Oh my God. You know, so not doing the classic set up in a dungeon or an adventure where it's like, oh, we're at level one. Okay, level one, kobolds, giant rats, and Sturges. Everybody off. <laughs> so I think, yeah, you take away, you put the stuff out there, you give the players enough information. Uh, the quote I saw, also another one that I found was like, you don't have to mess with players. You give them enough rope and they'll either build a rope bridge or they'll hang themselves. <laughs> that is so true. Right? And so it's just like, all right. Right. And like, it's all your story about the dragon. And did it ever occur to you not to go fight the dragon? <laughs> no, it didn't. I mean, it was weird because like, I was like, why would you put something in front of us that we couldn't defeat? Right. And that's always been my play style, both as a player and a GM. So this, and, and that comes from this idea of the balance, the balanced foe, the balanced enemy being able to, to set the encounter with the with the along the lines of the the level of the players or what they could handle and that's is kind of silly right because as you advance you're you know at first level you're only dealing with rats and kobolds it's second level goblins maybe an orc and then as you go up in levels you're only going to encounter stuff that's level appropriate for you you know you're never going to at fifth level you know, you're never going to encounter a dragon. Uh, maybe you encounter some rats to annoy them. This is not even worth the experience points. That's one-tenth experience points. <laughs> another one-tenth experience point. And so you you really, you know, upset the players with that kind of useless cannon fodder because they don't get experience. I mean, back in the mm -hmm. old days. So... So that's always been the way I play games and ran mm -hmm. games. So my players, you know, really they don't fear death. Though they, I guess sometimes they have to get worried. Yeah. Hello. <laughs> but I don't, I don't, I didn't sense it right, right. when I, when I was running. It seemed to me like you guys were just like, we don't care what it is. We're going to go after it. And it's true in a way. Although we're pretty good when dragons are around. We tend to turn around and walk away. Uh, I don't think so. That last dragon, I kept trying to convince people, we don't want to go in there. Let's not do that. So, okay, so what do you know in that game? What does your character know about dragons? What is the what is the mythos of dragons in that game? You know, this in whatever game that Julian's uh, talking about, like, hey, the dragon's over there. You know what? Oh. Well, it's actually... Remember the the third edition game that Saul ran for you guys uh -huh. in Salinas, the um, Cormier, uh -huh. where there with the red dragon had killed the the mythos of he had him and the king had fought. Did the 
He killed right. the king? Yeah, they killed so, each other. So in the new game with the boys, we're in that land, and we're up where Fort Flint is, right? Yeah, it's like t- 20 years later. Yeah. And there's this this dragon in a cave. Right. He's a baby dragon. Or no, he was full grown. Oh, he was full grown, but um, he was was he red? So we knew we had all these ideas, and I had grown up in the court of the king in Cormier, so I knew a lot about dragons. I was a battle mage, and I'm trying to keep these guys from going into this cave. Right, and they wouldn't listen. Okay, and then they tried to steal stuff. Yes, uh, that was Steve. Uh, the dad of the sure. uh, of the boys, who was a, I guess he's a rogue at the time, and Jolene goes, "Don't go into the cave, right?" So he goes into the cave. Nobody ever listens to me. And so that, I think Alan went. Alan to, went and got the boots right. out of the the dragon's horde. Right, and Steve goes, "Well, I'm just." They were like running around the horde trying to find something valuable. So at one point, the dragon sees them and starts chasing them. Right. And they're way not high enough level to deal with this okay. guy because he's like, he's an ancient dragon. Right. So they start running away from him and and they have like uncanny dodge. So they take like half damage and they're hurt and they're just running. So the rest of the party is like, Okay, we're in this, we're in a pickle. We're gonna save them or not save them, and they decide to try to save them. So they arrange themselves outside the cave. So when the dragon comes out, they're all going to attack, which is a really bad plan. Which was really bad because they would it was suicide. They weren't high enough level to deal with this right. guy, and and it was my way. Uh, I was a, it was a game thing where. The dragon couldn't leave the cave, and it was a way of transporting them to a different part of the world. So when, as they ran out, a gate opened, and the two characters went through, and the rest of the party, who was waiting to attack the dragon and save them, are like, well, do we follow them or not? So then they jumped through the gate, and I got them 3,000 miles away to where I wanted them to be. So that's all though that encounter was about. Was that was that and, all pre-planned, or is that you going? I don't want to kill all these guys. I think he pre-planned okay. it. So well, you had the gate. My plan planned. was you had the gate planned. My okay. yes, my plan was is the there was a gate was going to open there, and and I, yeah, yeah, and that's what it was. But I didn't think they would go right. in because I made it definitely. Uh, I made it known to them that I'm like, this guy's right. huge. He's right. old, cranky, and there's no way you're gonna talk your way out of of not him of him not eating you, especially when you're stealing his stuff. But the the two characters went in anyway. So, so going back to player agency at that point, they made their own decision. They knew that there would be right. consequences of their decisions, right? And I don't know. I don't know. I think I I had coddled them quite right. a bit, so they were thinking that you know, like I was thinking when I was in that game with Sip was running with that dragon, thinking 
you know, he wouldn't put something in front of us that we couldn't defeat. Defeat, you know, you know, that was the word. And I think they had the same similar ideas because they, and even Jolene and and Catherine were going, well, I don't think that's a good idea going there. They're like, okay, and they went in anyway. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so so did they succeed at what they were trying to do? Yes, they got the the some gold coins and yeah. the boots of jumping or something. Yeah, I think now, was, now theoretically, so. going with the consequences part of that. So you didn't. They succeeded at their roles though of avoiding the dragon fire and whatnot. Though you tried right. to kill them, right? For for instance, I I didn't try to kill them. I just I just threw the breath weapon, knowing that. If they failed their role, they were probably. Right. And that's what I'm saying. Because I did the dragon. I did damage them right, quite a bit. Playing the dragon, you didn't even. fall back and go. I'm gonna. I, you know, it's like, honestly, it's like my parenting style. No, no, really. Next time, I'm gonna take that book away from you if you're up late. <laughs> sure, Dad. One more chapter. Exactly. Right. And so, like, there's natural consequences there, and I think that that's yeah. part of it. I mean, and it, I think that it's. They had the chances, right? They had to make the roles. Otherwise, they would have got yeah. fried. And that's the natural consequence. I think and right. that's part of it is in, in parenting, right? We call it natural consequences. And I think in gaming, there should be natural consequences. It's like, so they go and mess with the dragon. You had this other thing. So there's a chance to Yes, die. there's the chance to die. And it could happen, right? And it's like, well, okay, well. What's funny is, is that once they made the roll and they took half damage, and it might have been even like a quarter damage because some of these guys have all kinds of skills. And so they're like, man, we could have right. died because they took half damage and it still was like 75% of their hit points. So if they had missed the roll, they would have been crispy critters, right? right? There's no way. And, and exactly. And so that's that taking the coddling out of it, going back to your question about how do we get rid of it, is let the dice roll, play the monster smart and have them yeah. fight. But I mean, part of playing the monster smart too, I think, is also don't have them fight to the death all the time, right? Why, you know, if, yeah. if, a, if, if an orc takes half damage, you know, in, in, in old wargaming terms, that was a morale check, right? We're running away. We're done. See ya. <laughs> yeah. Right? And it's like, oh, hey, it's like, I don't yeah. have to kill the monster to get him to run away. And so I think that that's, you let the dice fall where they may, you have a little bit of randomness in the creation of the character. I think oh. that you know, failure is an option. If you like, and I, I have vivid memories. And so you must've had to say it to us a lot about, okay, is that really what you do? <laughs> <laughs> That's his number one right? saying. It's like, okay, you just, Mike, really? Is that what you're going to do in this situation? <laughs> yes. Yes, I am. <laughs> and so I roll a new character. Um, <laughs> or or within the game frame, right? It's it's a case of, you know, how does the story develop? And so then it becomes a case of maybe the orcs take me down, but it's as valuable for them to hold me hostage for ransom as right. it is for anything else. And so, like, uh, we watched Swiss Family Robinson yesterday at our house. And that is a role-playing game if ever there was one. They shipwreck on an island and they turn that thing into the really cool treehouse, right? Yeah. And it's this movie is made in 1960, and so it shows its age a little bit, but not terribly. And then the pirates, you know, the South Sea, the South Sea pirates keep coming to the island, and this is a consequence 
of some of the actions that are going on in the story. And I think as far as like the coddling goes, let the dice fall where they may have, let the story guide itself to its natural conclusion about what's the thing that you did. You know, maybe it didn't go how I thought it was going to go as a GM, but you made that choice. Okay, let's see what happens. <laughs> so do you, do you think this coddling comes from the, the rules or from the GM? Um, I think the rules come from complaints of players over time. And the fact that we want to play that character, nobody likes to fail. And, you know, and, and like, and I think you said it earlier that, what did you say? I'm trying to remember, um, that you enjoy playing the character you're playing, right? And so you want to be the sorceress. And I think that this is the other end of the pendulum from that adversarial GM from the days of yore where, um, you know, maybe I had a paladin who was doing, you know, death by bar fight because I was fed up with the situation. It's like, fine, I, I have no idea what the story we're doing here is. And just kill me now. You know, I just I just need out of this game. Right. And so now it's kind of coming down to the other side of it where it's like, OK, no, we all want to play. We all want to have successful stories. And I want a, a medal for participating, a trophy for participating. Right and versus it's like no sometimes yeah we don't win and i think that it's come out of the players and the gm because and the rules are built it's 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 built into them to where it's like it's hard to die in most games and like dnd uh, i mean and uh, it's hard to die in dnd and i i think that it's because we okay. all really don't want to be the bad guy is where i think it comes from as as a gm I don't want to kill your character, really, honestly, Saul. I mean, however I feel about it, um, it's the difference of letting the dice fall where they may. I think that uh, one of the best people about this is honestly Felipe. I think that he was really good about, okay, (laughs) that's what you do. I'll give you a chance, but if you still want to jump over that fire pit, it's a long way. Dude, I had... Yeah, I mean, the other one that I have about him is like he, I had a magic user in his game. And when I rolled for my familiar, I got a seagull. Right? And I'm like, I am 300 miles inland. There's a river nearby. How do I get a seagull? He's like, that's what you got. It blew up in a storm. (laughs) Right? (laughs) And so then it becomes a case of like, okay, fine. You know, that's that's how we're going to play this. I see how we're playing this. And it's like, all right. I'm going to name my seagull Jonathan Livingston. <laughs> it's like, whatever. <laughs> so right? I think and... in that in that case, you know, the GM doesn't kill your character. You kill your character, right? Or by... Yeah, the game right. killed it. The situation yeah. killed it. But the... but that goes back to, that goes back to uh, player agency, yeah. right? But we've all had or heard stories of GMs killing characters, right? Like on purpose. You know, because they didn't like what they were doing. They didn't like a decision they made. Or they didn't like the player. You know. I'm done with you. <laughs> you know, I don't know. I've heard horror stories like that. You know, I don't think that happened with us. Because we played with each other. Because we actually wanted to play with each other. And you guys played with Felipe. He would never do that. Uh, I think at one time he 
the first character he killed my character, he kind of did it on purpose. It's <laughs> <laughs> your perception. <laughs> well, okay. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> but that's, that's what my 12, 13-year-old self remembers. He killed off my first mm-hmm. character. It was a cleric. Did a finger of death. Boom, I was dead. Well, the finger of death and the death saves were kind of dumb back in the day, really. Yeah, it was a saving throw. I missed it. I was dead. But yeah, better... that was following the rules. But <laughs> see, and that's and that's a tricky part of the coddling, right? The the rules need to have some give built into them too. I think. Yeah. Well, I think the games evolved to the coddling aspect a little bit, but only because I think people get too invested or they invest a lot into their characters. So they want they don't want them to die, right? Right. Well, I so wait, 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 wait. I got a question about yeah. that though. What do you mean invest into the characters? Like time. Back. Well, time. But are you talking about backstory? Yeah. Are you talking about? Yeah. So like, I've seen these guys. You, they all, all your sorceresses have backstory. Not mine. No. And I don't have a lot invested in the characters <clears throat> because I've I have a feeling at any time Saul will kill me. <laughs> <laughs> Wow. That's ridiculous. Some of the times I do things in the game that I probably shouldn't. Like Alan and I went, we we split the party. We went behind the the. I think it was a. He wasn't a sorcerer. He was a shaman. a shaman, and it turned out he had a little worm on his arm and a little dragon. We almost died. <laughs> So you're betting in those cases, you're, you're, you're really betting on that waiting vibe. So what happened was <laughs> that they were on one side coming into to a big uh, a big dungeon, basically. And these, what were they? They were tribal people, like, uh, what do you call them? They were dragon people. No, no. no they were, yeah. Like cultists? Yeah, they were cultists. No, but they were tribal. They were like they barbarians. Were sh- yeah. They're barbarians. Okay. And so they had a shaman. And they had like five different warriors, right? Oh, you had dimension, dimension door. Yeah. Yes. So she made a dimension door, and she could take one with her. But I could only take someone who was my size or, or smaller. smaller. And Ellen was the only one I could take. So she takes the rogue. So her, the rogue, and the the squishy sorcerer, <laughs> dimension door behind these group of guys. And so when they attack. The, they all turn around and well attack her back, and I think they knocked her out. And Alan was there by himself, and he wasn't even a fighter; he was a rogue. And so, it was a close one. But 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 it had nothing to do with my what I did. It was just their no, it decision. Was, it was to, decisions we decided to right. I never thought she would dimension door behind them and take the smallest character with her that wasn't really the plan but he was the only one i could get with me (laughs) well i love this plan (laughs) so she went down and and uh alan really tried hard to stay alive and he was fighting tooth and nail and then the rest of the party was like you know we gotta get to her and all because it's the only sorceress they had and or spell thrower and then you know, things worked out, but it was close, I guess. I don't remember how hmm. close, close you were to death. I was like I know. two hit points or something. I think you went down. We had zero hit points. I might have had zero. I don't but know. It was, 
I was I was but prone. How, how's that me trying to kill you? That was not... I didn't say it was you trying to kill oh, okay. me. I said that I have the idea that my character can die at any time. Oh, okay. So you believe that though? Yeah. And I think that that's going back to the idea of coddling is that character death is built into the game. Yeah. Right? And so okay. it has to be, it's wherever you draw that line, right, is where where it becomes real. And so, like, even with the rules as written right now, using the five dice, best of three, blah, 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 that's just pushing that rule a little bit farther out there. Yeah. Right? And so as far as the coddling, it's like, you know, if I say, you know, what, if you go down at zero, like, what was it in the old days? You could go to negative 10 or something like that. And it yeah, just counted 10. down. Right. And so maybe in a little in a little bit, actually, the five dice is better than that, because at, at that point, it's all over in five rounds. Five, you know, and if each round is six seconds, it's all over in 30 seconds. Yeah. Really? Yeah. You make the decision, right? And so it's not counting down to 10 anymore. And so you, the other players, and it could be over in three rounds if you roll terribly three times. It could be over in two rounds if you critically fail one and fail the next one. Or somebody hits you. And or somebody hits you, right? Yeah, I mean, but that's, and that's always a funny one, too. It's like, that guy's down. Coup de gras. <laughs> <laughs> it's still breathing. <laughs> He's still breathing. It's like he's bleeding out, but I'm gonna just make sure. Yeah. He's always like the chopper. <laughs> you have to. But I mean, would but and so that's the thing, right? And so it's like, it's where do you put that line? And it's how does the GM play the characters, play the play the, uh, the bad guys, yeah, the bad guys, right? And so for me, that is the part about fixing it is playing the bad guys like they're guys, like right. they're people. That's and so it's like. If, 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 it, if it's a cave of bandits that we're going against, <clears throat> and then I actually got this from Swiss Family Robinson, of all places, Disney, who usually kills off parents. Like, the pirates were going to ransom some guys back, you know, So the, and so that's what they're about. And so, like, if you take a look at that in a D&D game, maybe that's what the orcs and everybody do. It's like, you know what, fine, we'll capture you or write a letter. Somebody better send 20 gold for you, otherwise you're history. Yeah, I mean... <laughs> I think you know have, but see that's a lot of what do you call it a, a trust in your GM that yeah that they're not going to kill you or eat you right that the, that you're more worth to them alive than dead you know a lot of people you know a lot of players don't like that position putting that trust yes yeah. well and also you're playing heroes right so yeah. he, sometimes heroes die I cry every <laughs> time Boromir dies. <laughs> Well, I, I think that's a, a part of the game is players, I mean, at least to me, I would want my character's death to be more than just some random act. It, it should be cinematic. It should mean something. Uh, a player's passing or dying should be uh, heroic, right? It should be to save the party or to complete the quest, not just some... Oh, you rolled badly. A big block falls on your head and kills you. So the funny thing is, like going back to what you just said, you said the player's death. It's not the player's death. It's the character. I mean, character. Right? But the distinction. Right? It's like, sorry, Mike. Oh, you're going to kill that chair next week. Your character dies. You will die. <laughs> it's um, real. But going with like within the game world, it's a case of within the game world. Yeah. It's 
Yes, and I see what you want. You want death to be meaningful within the story because that's what we read about. You know, if Little John died in Robin Hood, we would care. If Will Scarlet died, we would care. But there's got to be like 29 guys in that band that are just another guy in tights, <laughs> right? Who, until they make a name for themselves, who knows? If a first level character dies, it's another first level character. Right. Right. And that's, I think, the thing about it is I, to, to make it meaningful, right? It's one of the things that I, I, you guys mentioned and I like about some of the rules now. It's like, how do you want to do this? You know, when you kill somebody, right. how do you want it to look? When you, when you critical fail, how do you want it to look? When my guy dies, how do I want it to look? What do I do? How do I die? You know, and that gives me a chance. Let's say I am on my third character this month because every <laughs> week something happens and you know kobold gets a crit and <laughs> uh, right through the uh vitals and it's like how are you gonna die this time I'm like oh really again you know it's <laughs> like so you and so i think that there's a maybe there's a list that the party keeps the of the names but i think that the death has to be an option and maybe maybe too much death cheapens death yeah right that i don't get too attached to my character until second or third level That's i don't true. think you know Another part of this, I don't think that people, you know, granted it's the games they want to play. I don't think you should start at higher levels. What is the history of the character at the lower level? Yeah. It's the story of adventuring. I mean, we, you know, we talk to people and they go, well, I don't think characters are interesting until third or fifth level. In fact, Phil said that. Is that Phil? Yeah. <laughs> so yeah. I, I started at third because Because that's too when boring. they can start to do stuff. Yes. Yeah. But right. that's that's one way to do it, right? I mean, you guys it's don't a, agree, it's, but it's that's valid, okay. right? It's a, it's a different DMing choice. Yeah. It's a different gaming choice. It's for me. It's a case of. But it's like we played Paladin, and Charlemagne mm -hmm. was knocked off his horse. You guys all rushed, and you were like first level or whatever. Yeah, we're, we were squires. Yeah, we're not even. We're not even uh, there was knights. no question. You all just and we've win. seen that horse die. <laughs> <laughs> Henry, he bought it right away. <laughs> we knew it was real. <laughs> that table. The horse is deadly. worth more than I am. <laughs> Easy. He has like five hit times. <laughs> okay. We knew Jolene would kill us, but we rushed into the fight anyway. <laughs> well, yeah. I I yeah, I, I I didn't even think about it. You're right. But that's your you're playing heroes. You're right. squires, but you're still heroes. Trying to be. Yeah. Yeah, that's the thing. We're trying to be. And that's what a first level character is, right? Is somebody who wants to be a hero. I you know, I don't want to be an accountant or a grocery clerk at the local inn or something like that. I'm <laughs> I'm gonna go out into the dungeon and I'm gonna fight those giant rats and we'll see what happens and Maybe I become the story. What happened to the last line cook? What? <laughs> <laughs> what you should say? Huh. Ultimately, what do you want to do or hope by not coddling your players? We kind of danced around that a little bit. Um, what I want, and it's funny because the, my least favorite thing about gaming is people who play D&D, &D, the accountant game, right? You Where you go through the dungeon and you order every room okay everybody get together this is what we're gonna do by the numbers people by the numbers and i'm not gonna you know wow those orcs have this i want somebody to kick in the door right and rush through the temple and save the princess knowing that along the way 
they could die and that they could fail and that the story of this adventure will be, hey, remember when we did the Temple of Elemental Ground Cover and <laughs> the Basil Monster got all of us yeah. and we all went down. It's like, yep, TPK. It's like, there, why, what is so bad about that? Because the next time when the next party, you know, the king goes, well, I sent one group in there and that bunch of losers never came back. So I'm going to send you guys in there to get the get the girl. Let's try it again. See what you can do. Let's try it again here, right? And then suddenly it's like, all right. And so then the next group comes in there and they find these strangled bodies of the first group. <laughs> and the story goes on and we let go of the idea of I, the story is to go quietly into the night that I'm going to succeed every time that I'm, that there is something inherently, you know, I make my character a hero. My character is not rolled a hero or created a hero and that he's a hero because he justifiably survived long enough to become a hero. And it's not because it's not because Saul said, really, Mike, you're going to jump that fire. And we're not already (laughs) seen how this goes. Right. Right. And then I've played my character to the full. And it's like, I didn't go quietly into the night. I was dumb. And I, you know, I, my first level magic user probably should not have charged that party of goblins. <laughs> By himself. That's what I'm after. Yeah. I like that. It's an interesting idea. I don't know that everybody will run with it, but some of us will. Awesome. Well, we'll see how it goes. Yeah. And if people don't like it, it's one of the things that, like, we all have the choice of the games we play but we, and we only have so much time but try something you know roll the dice move your mice and you know live large i think i think what you also seem to be wanting is probably smarter playing by the players you know uh think think about things before you act you know because even if they're heroes or want to be heroes uh they realize the characters realize that you know, it's a dangerous job and just rushing into things is not a, you're not guaranteed a success for your character. So you should play your character like a real person, you know, making those kind of life and death decisions all the time is stressful, right? You know, you you know, you think about oh, I'm just gonna go a dungeon and just kill things and left and right mm-hmm. and and you know, not worry about about uh, dying. And, you know, unfortunately, we're dealing with this COVID-19 and people are stressed out about it, right? It's about, you right. know, going to the store, somebody might sneeze on you. And that's just going to a store. You're not even going to a dungeon and fighting something that wants to desperately protect their gold and will fight you tooth and nail to prevent you from taking it. So that's right. pretty stressful. And people who make that kind of decision to go down in there are like, desperate or this is they have to have a reason for being there and wanting to do that kind of thing yeah that's a whole other conversation that i really like the idea <laughs> in that article the guy was talking about what is my motivation there has to be a reason but i mean going back to the coddling it's like all right so why did you do this and okay it could go badly for you what would make you accept that i think if you don't babysit them or like with your GM hand, your players will play smarter, and whatever they accomplish, will probably mean feel, more. Yeah, be mean yeah. more meaningful. 
It's a great idea, Michael. Yes. I look forward to your next game. (laughs) All right. Thanks a lot, guys. All right, Mike. Thanks a lot. Thank you for joining us. And we'll talk to you soon. This is Gaming Perspectives. That's all. Angeline and Mike. And Mike today. (laughs) Have a good day.